Yes. This evening, um, with the help of the Lord, I'll be talking about witnessing. It's uh, something that um, every Christian should do and trying to spread the word of uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, for Christians, witnessing is sharing your personal experience with Jesus. A trial witness tells what they saw. Thus, we cannot see what Jesus did, but we can share the many wonderful blessings that we experience through our faith. There are many ways to witness for Christ. Uh, you may hand out tracts or put out a sign in your yard or using a situation that brings an opportunity to mention being saved or telling of a blessing in your life. Uh, Danny um, was telling us that he used a vehicle breakdown to witness to uh, the tow truck driver. Um, the bracelet that I wear um, also is a good way to witness. I've had two people uh, ask me when I was at work uh, what the bracelet meant. One asked me if I had been to Mexico. I would imagine that's because of the yellow or the green, the white and the red. And another person asked me if uh, it meant that I was Italian, which is also green and yellow and red on their flag. But um, both of these uh, questions came out because of the color of the beads. Now, sometimes if you, uh, and I had explained to them what the, each of the colors meant. And sometimes if you mention Jesus or the church, you might hear someone say that I think a man's religion is so personal that we shouldn't discuss it. Or perhaps they say, I don't like people who are dogmatic and fanatical about religion. They try to force their views on everybody they meet. Um, well, I have my own religion and I'm happy with it. So perhaps you've heard comments like these uh, from someone that you know or someone you're trying to witness to, uh, or even made uh, these comments yourself before you became a believer. There is no biblical rationale to justify fearing those responses as a reasoning as a reason for not witnessing. In fact, the need for people to hear the good news of God's love and forgiveness is a matter of life and death. In the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, chapter 7, verse 2, it says that it is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting, for that is the end of all men, and the living will lay it to his heart. Man's self-will is characterized by an attitude of active rebellion or passive indifference. Because of sin, he is by nature degenerate and corrupt, destitute of God's love, undeserving of his forgiveness, and so destined to death, eternal separation from God. But Christ does not want anyone to perish, but wants everyone to come to repentance that was a brief and shortened version of Second Peter verses three and um, or chapter three verse nine. Excuse me. He placed such a high value on the human soul that he personally gladly exchanged the perfection of heaven for a life of poverty, suffering, shame, and death to seek and save what was lost. In the book of Luke, chapter nineteen and verse ten, it states. 
For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. From his earliest youth and throughout his life, Jesus clearly understood his mission and his purpose. His concern for the lost was so deep that at times the flood of compassionate tears rolled down his face. Jesus, the manliest of men, wept. Similarly, Paul pled, pleaded night and day with everyone who would listen to be reconciled to God. Since then, people of every century and many walks of life have had a heart of compassion for those who are living apart from God. Great spiritual leaders such as John Weasley, D.L. Moody, and Billy Graham dedicated their lives to reaching people with the message of hope. When one young missionary who had been sent home because of illness was asked why he was so eager to get back to his people, he was quoted as saying, because I cannot sleep for thinking about them. Our Lord has commissioned each of us to share the good news and seek the lost. He says in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 19, Go ye, therefore... And teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And I'll give you a minute to get to this one. I'm going kind of fast here. Uh, in in the book of Mark, chapter 16, verse 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It is our greatest calling, then, to share the love and forgiveness he has given us uh, with those who have never received him as their Savior and Lord. Studying God's word, um, five key concepts become clear, concepts that impact the lives of every Christian. Excuse me for a moment. Okay. Christ has given clear command to every, a clear command to every Christian. Jesus Christ's last commandment or command to the Christian community was to make disciples. This command, which the church calls the Great Commission, was not intended merely for the 11 remaining disciples or just for the apostles, or for those in present times who may have the gift of evangelism, this command is the responsibility of every man and woman who professes faith in Christ as their Lord. Men and women are lost without Jesus Christ. In the book of John, chapter 14, and verse 6, You're all familiar with this uh, passage, I'm sure. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. God's word also reminds us men and women are truly lost without Jesus Christ. He is the only way to bridge the gap between man and God. Without him, people cannot know God and have no hope of eternal life. In the uh, book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Neither is there any salvation in any other, 
For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Rather than being not interested, the people of the world are truly hungry for the gospel. Uh, one of the great misconceptions held by Christians today is that men and women do not want to know God. But there was a worldwide study, ample proof, that just the opposite is true. The Holy Spirit has created a hunger for God in the hearts of millions. It was discovered that at least 25 to 50 percent of non-believers are ready to receive Christ in most parts of the world if properly approached one-on-one -on -one by a witness of Christ. And there are some that may be among your family members or a neighbor or co-worker or a person that you do not yet know to whom God may lead you. They are ready to hear a clear and simple presentation of the good news of God's love and forgiveness. Jesus said, the fields are ripe unto harvest. Can we afford to be selfish with the gospel than such, <clears throat> when such an overwhelming evidence shows that so many people are hungry for God? By sharing our faith in Christ with others, we can help change the world for our Lord. We Christians have in our possession the greatest gift available to mankind, God's gift of eternal love, excuse me, God's gift of eternal life, which we received with Jesus at our spiritual birth, as we learn in John 3.16. Christ is risen. We serve a living Savior. He not only lives within us in all his resurrection power, but he also has assured us of eternal life. He died on the cross in our place for our sin, was buried, and then rose from the dead on the third day. We have direct fellowship with God through Jesus Christ. And his fellowship, this peace, this gift of eternal life is available to all who receive him. <clears throat> the love of Jesus Christ for us and our love for him compels us to share him with others. In the book of John, chapter 14, verse 21, we can see that Jesus says, or said, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it, it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. In other words, he measures our love for him by the extent and genuous of our obedience to him. As we obey, he promises he will reveal himself to us. What are we to obey? When it comes to witnessing, we have the specific commandment from Jesus Christ to go into all the world with the good news. Helping to fulfill the Great Commission is both a duty and a privilege. We witness because we love Christ. We witness because he loves us. We witness because we want to honor and obey him. We witness because he gives us special love for others. God wants you to be a witness. God wants you to witness because of the benefits he offers to those who receive Christ. And they are, they become children of God. Their bodies become temples of God. All of their sins are forgiven. They begin to experience the peace and the love of God. 
They receive God's direction and purpose for their lives. They experience the power of God to change their lives. They have assurance of eternal life. God also wants you to witness because of the benefits that you will receive. Witness, witnessing will stimulate your spiritual growth, lead you to pray and study God's word, and encourage you to depend on Christ. You will experience the tremendous privilege and honor of representing Jesus to the world. As we can see in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, where it says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. The Holy Spirit came to provide power for you to do so uh, in Acts 1.8 from the reading earlier. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. To share with someone else the most valuable thing that you have. If you ask the question of Christians, young and old, rich and poor, new Christians and people who have been believers for more than half a century, their answer should be the same, no matter who you ask. What is the most important experience of your life? That answer should be knowing Christ as my Savior. A personal preparation is key to becoming a successful witness. Um, commit your entire person, your intellect, your emotions, your will to him and receive the gift of God's love and forgiveness through the Lord Jesus Christ. The second step is to be sure there is no unconfessed sin in your life, some sinful attitude or action uh, that is hindering your fellowship with God. <clears throat> and you will, if he cannot live through you and you will, you will not be a joyful Christian or a fruitful witness for Christ. The third step is to be filled with the Holy Spirit be fruitful in your witness for Christ. You should appropriate uh, by faith the fullness of God's Spirit. Invite the Holy Spirit to control and empower you, to enable you to live a holy, godly life by faith and to make you a fruitful witness for him. The fourth step is to be prepared to communicate your faith in Christ. Keeping Christ on the throne of your life as the Lord of your heart is the best preparation lost my spot. Uh, I'm sorry for communicating your faith. Carefully study the eighth chapter of Acts and list the qualifications for witnessing. Ask the Holy Spirit to make these qualities real in your own life. Philip demonstrated <clears throat> at least eight qualities that contributed to his effectiveness for Christ. Notice these qualities. The knowledge of the word of God, boldness, compassion, humility, obedience, receptivity, sensitivity to guidance, tact, and enthusiasm. Reflect on each of these qualities. How are they at work in your life? Which ones do you have difficulty with? And list ways that you can strengthen in these areas. 
possible hindrances to our witnessing. After each of the <clears throat> following hinders, hinder, ugh, hindrances, describe how it affects your witnessing. Spiritual lethargy. If you are not excited about something, chances are you won't tell many people about it. For many Christians, the excitement of the Christian walk has been dulled by everyday distractions, materialistic pursuits, and unconfessed sin. Like the believers in Ephesus, these men and women have left their first love. Lack of preparation. Personal dedication to Christ and understanding how to witness and what to say are imperative. Preparing your heart through prayer gives you the right attitude and opens yourself to the power of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ. Fear of man. We possibly will be persecuted by unbelievers as well as believers, but the fear of man will prove to be a snare. Christ said of those who feared to confess his name, they loved the praise of men more than they loved the praise of God. Fear of failure. They won't believe. They won't accept such a simple truth. Certainly some will reject or neglect the gospel, but you should never believe the lie of Satan that people are not interested. Christ said in John 4.35, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord to send out workers into his harvest field. Fear that the new Christian will not go on to grow in the Lord. Review the parable of the sower in Matthew 13, chapters one, or verses 1 through 23. Every seed of the word of God will fall on one of these types of soil. Path, rocky, thorny, or good. Some new Christians will become disciples Keep up the faithful search for these disciples. And lack of pr practical know-how. As a result of thousands of surveys, we have found that the vast majority of Christians today not only believe they should share their faith, but they also really want to. However, they don't receive the practical hands-on training that will ease their fears and help them witness effectively. The result is a guilt trip. They know they should, but they hesitate because they don't know how. Um, which hindrances are the greatest problems for you and why, and what steps might you take to overcome it? Have you let distractions, lethargy, materialism, or unconfessed sin rob you of your excitement in Christ? In what ways? In a time of prayer, ask God to reveal any unconfessed sin in your life. After reading John 1, 9, confess any such sin and ask for God's cleansing and forgiveness. Look back through the list of qualities in Philip's life and identify the ones you would like to have God develop in your life. Spend some time in prayer, asking God for those characteristics to be developed in your life and witness. What is the most important thing that you can do for another person? Obviously, it's help him to know him or her to know Christ. If you are a Christian, undoubtedly you would give the same answers to these questions. Yet, if you are like the majority of Christians today, you have never introduced anyone to Christ. But you would <clears throat> you would like to do so, and you know in your heart that this is what God called you to do. Many devout Christians fail miserably in their efforts to introduce others to Christ simply because they do not know how to go about it. 
Knowing how to share your faith often makes the difference between effective and ineffective witnessing. Before you can introduce um, others to Christ, you must know that you are a Christian yourself. Understand the empowering ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life personally. Learn how to present the distilled essence of the gospel so simply, clearly, and convincingly that the one with whom you are sharing will be able to make an intelligent decision for Christ as Savior and Lord. Jesus demonstrated how to witness in the most effective manner as he talked to the woman of Samaria. Study John 4, 4 carefully to discover new approaches and techniques of witnessing. Sometimes witnessing can be seem like breaking a sound barrier. When an airplane accelerates to supersonic speed, introducing the subject of Jesus can produce much stress and nervous, nervousness. The first sound barrier occurs when we first mention the name of Jesus Christ and the value of knowing him. Once we turn the conversation from dating, fashion, politics, work, sports, or any other topic to spiritual things, we have broken down the first barrier. It sometimes it is sometimes hard to do, but is <clears throat> and does not always come easily. The second barrier comes when we present the gospel. That nervous feeling returns once again, but we must blast through this one as <clears throat> This one also because many people, when they understand who Jesus Christ is and what he has done for them, will want him in their lives. The last barrier, asking the question, asking the person to receive Christ right now is the most difficult. But in this, the most important step, often we tell the person how to become a Christian and then just leave him high and dry. Until we ask the person to trust Christ as his or her Savior, our Lord, Savior and Lord, our witness is not complete. Um, I had uh, heard someone in our Sunday, one of our Sunday school classes say um, that they had witnessed to somebody, but they didn't show any interest in what they had to say. And they were visibly discouraged by um, the person's disinterest in what he had to say. Um, but I don't think you should be discouraged in that. Um, I had a salesman's job once, and they told you you have to endure probably 100 to 150 no's before you get your first yes. And also, I'm sure you've heard that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. It's the same thing with witnessing. You can put forth the information that you have, and if they don't take your advice on it, then that's on them. Uh, we all know that our Lord and Savior, um, he knows what, we're do what we do in our lives and uh, how we try and to witness for others, or when we do actually witness to others, um, I'm sure you remember um, Pastor talking about him and uh, Brother Chuck going around and um, knocking on doors. And uh, some people, they would open the door and they would say, um, they would give their greeting, if you will. I'm not sure what they would say, but somebody would say, I don't want to hear any of that crap and slam the door in their face. And then, of course, Pastor always says, um, you shall not lay your pearls down before swine. 
Um, in other words, some people are just not going to be receptive to the thought of uh, Jesus Christ or what he has to offer them. Um, but that's that's their problem. They'll find out when they get to the um, judgment throne of Christ after they um, uh, go through the second death. Um, anyway, um, it can be discouraging uh, to try and witness to people. We had, uh, Tracy and I had a tag sale a couple of weeks ago, and a lady came by, and um, she mentioned the sign that I have in front of my yard, which is John 3.16. And um, she said, I like your sign, by the way. And I said, oh, that's nice. And I said, I got it from the church that we go to. And I was telling her about uh, Brother Koenig and this and that. And I said that... Um, I had said everything that we teach in our church comes right from the Bible. And she said, really? And I said, yeah. And I said, we back up everything we say with the good book. And she said, we've been looking, speaking about her mother and her, have been looking for a church just like that, but haven't seen her since. Um, so I don't know if they, what, do you remember what church she said they went to? Um, I don't remember either. I don't remember. I don't think it was president. It doesn't matter. Um, we were kind of hoping that she would show up <clears throat> and uh, we might increase our uh, flock a little bit here, but she didn't, but that's okay. Um, I put the word out there. I even, get, I even went to our truck and I gave her a track so that she could uh, look up the address and perhaps find us where we are. But anyway, um, it can be discouraging sometimes. I had a salesman's job. It was extremely discouraging. I found out that sales, being a salesman is not for me. Um, but anyway, um, a lot. some people can withstand all of the no's, no after no after no, and uh, some people slamming a door in your face and whatnot. But <clears throat> Jesus knows that you're out there and what you're doing and uh, that you're trying to spread the word of his uh, gospel. And um, that's a good thing uh, for you. Uh, you'll receive crowns in heaven for that, I'm sure. Anyway, um, I didn't have a very long sermon. I didn't get, uh, get started to it uh, until just after Christmas. Um, anyway, um, I appreciate your attentiveness. Um, and then uh, just remember to uh, try and go out there and witness, whether it be handing out tracts or uh, just... Um, talking to somebody in uh, passing, uh, perhaps a tow truck driver or somebody you meet at the grocery store or whatever the case may be. I know uh, Brother Chuck James, um, he's good at that. I know he hands out tracks uh, and things like that. And uh, we keep some in our car for um, such an occasion. I have sometimes thought about going to Walmart and handing them out in uh, the parking lot <clears throat> or maybe just putting them under windshields. I know... Uh, Lori used to keep uh, tracks at her business on the counter, and uh, I believe somebody came, picked up a track and came to the church uh, due to that. So there are many ways. Um, also, um, the people that were where I got this bracelet from, uh, it was Mount Ephraim's. They were over at the uh, Pioneer Days, and they had a table set up, and they were handing out the walking sticks with, the, um, with these beads on them, and um, also a card describing what each of the colors of the beads meant as far as uh, a saved person goes. So anyway, uh, that's all I have for you. Um, we'll uh, close now in a word of prayer. Uh, Brother David, would you lead us in our closing prayer, please?
Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this evening. Thank you for each one that's here tonight. Be with the ones that ain't here tonight. You know the reason why they ain't. Be with everybody on that prayer list. Be on ball for wherever their needs are. Just be with them. And uh, be with us when we go home and everybody get home safe. Guys, to make the right choices. Forgive us for our sins. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. <coughs> you got a, you got a more back there. There's Thank you for doing the trial. Frames, rather. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yes, Merry Christmas. It was a Merry Christmas. Uneventful. Oh boy, yeah, that was good. Except, <clears throat> except for my cousin passing away, but like I said, she was a saved person, so. She got a promotion. And, you know. If she was a saved person, she had a wonderful Christmas. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Sure. I, oh, yeah. I always, I always think of what you said, uh, Chuck, about your daughter when she passed away. Yeah. That she wasn't lost. You knew right where she was. I, I think about that all the time. I know when somebody passes away. I know the worst deal. Yeah. I, I, I,